December 9th, 2021. We're in At the very bottom line, at the Mishnah, this morning's class and the classes throughout the week are dedicated in loving memory of Rachel Bat Mazal by Ralph and Grace Gindi and grandchildren, and in memory of Marlene Bat Angel by Joey Levy and family. Mishnah tells a story uh, related to Kiddusha Hodesh. It's perhaps the most well-known story with regards to Kiddusha Hodesh says the Mishnah, well, first a story that's less well-known, and then the second one, which is better known. So the initial story here in the Mishnah is that two witnesses arrive, they arrive at Beit Din, and they say, of course they're referring to the Levana, to the new moon, we saw it in the east in the morning, and they're referring to the morning of the 29th. The Arbit, and in the evening, and now they're arriving on day 30 and saying, last night we saw it in the evening, Bama'arav, in the west. That's a little hard to believe that the moon, quote unquote, traveled in our vision of it so quickly from the east to the west. It's uncertain even in terms of the Mefarshim to the, to the Mishnah, Rashi and Tosafot disagree about what their testimony was about. Do they state that we saw in the morning out in the east, quote, the old moon, and then in the evening in the west, the new moon? Or alternatively, are they, are, are they stating we saw both the new moon in the morning and in the evening, but understand and remember that for the moon to travel in our vision of it from one angle to an altogether different angle is hard to believe, hard to accept both scientifically and in terms of our observation. But this is what the witnesses say. We shouldn't believe them. You'll, you'll have one of the opinions here. Amar Yohanan ben Nuri, there it is, Nathan. Says Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, they're lying. Or at the very least, they're not certain about what they saw. They're not careful enough in their testimony. And as a result, we should not accept them. When they got to the real place of Betin, Kibbelan Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, who was the Nasi at the time, had the authority to accept the witnesses, to be Mekadesh Tahodesh, he accepted them. And that being the case, we were left with Mahlokit. Again, both scientifically and in terms of our observation, either way you slice it, whether it's Rashi's interpretation or Tosafot's interpretation, what we're dealing with is a very unlikely circumstance. And yet, Rabban Gamliel is willing to accept them. Of course, the Gemara in its opening lines will try to find some rationale for Rabban Gamliel. Why and how would he accept witnesses who are testifying about something which appears to be contrary to reality? Well, anyway, continues the Mishnah, and here's the more famous story. It also happened on a different occasion. This one happens to be at the end of Elul, which of course means we're dealing, we're playing with almost fire. We're dealing with Rosh Hashanah here. We saw the new moon Bismano on day 30. But then at 30 at night, on the eve of the pregnancy, in other words, on the eve of day 31, uh, now this is not a statement of the witnesses, this is a reality. It was not seen. Again, the witnesses arrive and they say, we saw the new moon on the appropriate date, on day 30. On 30 at night, everybody's out and walking around. It's a clear and pristine sky, and there is no moon to be seen. Uh, what are we going to do in such a circumstance? Are they telling the truth? Can we accept it as truth? Again, 
Rabban Gamliel was willing to accept them. Keep in mind, this is our Rabban, Rabban Gamliel who had the diagrams of the moons. It's not as if Heke, he was hafif in terms of his acceptance of uh, Kiddusha Levana. He was scru- scrupulous, and yet he's accepting. Amar bidose ben horkinaz, like Nathan, like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri in the last story, the, the, the response, the immediate response of Rabbi Doseh, Rabbi Dosab ben Horkinah says, Eide Shekerhen. How is it possible, he says, Heach me'idin al ha'isha, he gives a parable, how is it possible that they testify about a woman, Shiyaleda, that she, so to speak, gave birth. In other words, the new moon appeared in the sky. Ulemahar, and then we see this woman, Keresa ben Shineha. Keresa ben Shineha literally means that her belly is in between her teeth. It's a reference in the words of the Hachamim to a woman being pregnant. I mean, as a result, there was one pregnancy of my wife where she was, she appeared to be Keresa ben Shineha. And one of my friends said, you, about you, the Hachamim were talking about when they said Keresa ben Shineha. I was really coming out to the bellies very much. Keresa ben Shineha. So in other words, but the reference over here is, how is it possible that she gave birth yesterday and today she's pregnant? In other words, in our circumstance, you're telling me they saw the moon yesterday and all of a sudden the moon is gone? There's no such thing. It can't be that they actually saw the moon yesterday. It can't be that the moon was actually visible and now disappeared. And as a result, they're Eideh Sheker. Again, that's his mashal for it. Amalo Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua responds to, in this circumstance, Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinas, Ro'eani Ativarecha. I understand and I see your words. In other words, they resound well with me. I, under, I accept your words. Rabbi Yoshua says it can't be that Rosh Chodesh is day 30. It must instead be day 31. Now there's a lot that, that we're, again, dealing with over here. If Rabban Gamliel the Nasi is accepting these witnesses and making it a Chodesh Me'ubar, it means both Rosh Hashanah and, more importantly, for our purposes in the, in the ensuing story, Kippur is a day later, according to Bihoshua, Rabbi Dosa, that it can't be. And so then Kippur is, I don't know what I just said, Kippur is a day earlier, as opposed to them, the Kippur is a day later. You understand, Yom Kippur, perhaps the most severe day on our calendar, is up at stakes in terms of the proper day. And as a result, Shalach lo Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel sends a messenger to Rabbi Hoshua. Again, Rabban Gamliel, who extended the month a day, based on his understanding, I repeat, I messed it up again. Rabban Gamliel, who truncated the month, who accepted the witnesses and made it day 30 is the Rosh Chodesh, sends to Rabban Gamliel, who believes that day 31 is Rosh Chodesh, and he says to him, Guzrani alecha, my gezera, my decree upon you, says Rabban Gamliel to Rabbi Yoshua through a messenger, shetabo esli b'makilcha u'bema'otecha b'yom ha-kipurim shahaliyot b'cheshbonecha. He says, I know that for me, what's... What, for me, what's day 11 is for you, day 10, and that's your Yom Kippur. But the reality is determined by me, says Rabban Kamliel. As a result, my Gezerah is that on the day that you believe is Yom Kippur, but for me, it's the day after Yom Kippur, you have to arrive at my home, at my Beit Din, together with your stick, your staff, and your ma'otecha and your money. In other words, you need to transgress Yom Kippur publicly. I need to see that you are abiding to the Beit Din's declaration, to my determination, not to your own understanding. Halachu mesao, now this, you got a little bit of time until this plays out, of course, because this is all taking place pre-day one or on the day one. Not 40 days, no, this is your Rosh, uh, this is, uh, Rosh Chodesh of Tishrei. Tishrei. I meant at the end of Elul when I said this take place in Elul. So you have 10 days. Okay, Halachum Esaor Bi'akiva 
Meser. The Gemara will question who is Meser. Meser means to be in sorrow. Who's sad and downtrodden and depressed? It's either Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi Yoshua. The Gemara will easily conclude it's Rabbi Yoshua. So Rabbi Akiva finds Rabbi Yoshua, and Rabbi Yoshua is downtrodden. I mean, he's, uh, you know, what do you want me to tell you? I don't believe that the day on which Rabban Gamliel and the Beit Din established Rosh Chodesh is really Rosh Chodesh. It's hard for me to accept, you know, I don't, I don't like what the rabbi said, I'm a rabbi myself, I'm a scholar myself, says Rabbi Yoshua to himself. Amalo says Rabbi Akiva to Rabbi Yoshua, listen, I can very much empathize with you, I can sympathize, I can understand your circumstance, but I need you to understand that in this situation, the halacha will be and should be determined by Rabban Gamliel. Yesh lilmod Rabban Gamliel asui. Truth is, says Rabbi Akiva to Rabban Gamliel, I have a derasha, I have an understanding from the Peskim in the Torah, that everything that Rabban Gamliel, the Nasi of the Betin, the person who's in charge for all intents and purposes, what he did is done. In other words, you must accept it. His gezerah is truthful, because you need to accept the day that he established Rosh Hashanah. But it didn't look like that to you, but you're certain it's not so. It doesn't matter. Shine imar, ele mo'adeh Adonai mikra'i kodesh, ashetikru otam. Now the Pasuk says, of course, we're familiar with this one, these are the Mu'adim, these are the times, of course we refer to the holidays over there, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mikra'e Kodesh, Mikra, we understood already is, through our calling out, the Mekudash, Mekudash, which is either Min HaTorah, Mid Rabbanan, so it's a spew between Ramban, Nachmani, and later on Min HaTchinuch, but irrespective of that, it's based on our own declaration when the holidays will be established, Ashetikru'u Otam, now the word otam is written haser, instead of aleph vav taf mem, it's aleph taf mem. And as a result, the dirasha here in the Mishnah and later on in the Gemara will be, don't read it as otam, but rather as atem. I am, so to speak, says God, to us, to Moshe and Aharon, empowering you to declare, to decry, to determine when Rosh Chodesh takes place. And as a result, if Rabban Gamliel did so, chalas, that's it, that is Rosh Chodesh. So again, he says to him, and the derasha is, Atem, you're doing it, Ben Bizmanan, Ben Shelo Bizmanan. This is dependent upon you. It's not dependent upon some divine time, some objective time. This is determined by Atem, by you, Bedin, Rabban Gamliel. Enli Mu'adot, Ela Elu. In other words, Mu'adot, the times of the year, will determine, be determined only by these. In other words, by the Betin. That's it. Khalas. And as a result, Rabbi Akiva's statement to Rabbi Yoshua is, I get it, it's not easy to accept, but you have to accept it. That is the declaration of Ban Gamliel. Go and greet him, it'll be a little bit embarrassing. And in fact, elsewhere, the Gemara tells us, that the rabbis were critical of Rabban Gamliel's actions over here. Because he's not only making a statement, he's making a public statement, which is embarrassing to Yoshua. He might have an authority, which of course Rabban Gamliel did in a very real way, but maybe there was another way to exert it. The hachamim are critical of him in Masechet Berachot for this action. Understood? Understood. So... That's right. So the question always is, and we know this, the question always is, in circumstances of dissent, how strong and how public must the authority be in terms of staving it off? I am not, and I don't think the Hachamim were suspecting Rabban Gamliel of doing this with some sort of ulterior motive. 
Ultimately speaking, however, they were still critical because it was still, in their minds, too embarrassing for Rabbi Yoshua. Maybe it could have been done differently, but uh, understood. I mean, I think that's what it, it's clear that's what he had in mind. At least Rabbi Akiva himself is standing up for that. Balo etzel Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinas. Now Rabbi Yoshua, who had agreed in the past with Rabbi Dosa about the declaration of Rosh Chodesh, that it was premature, that it's really supposed to be on day 31, not on day 30. He, uh, now Rabbi Yoshua, during this interim time, these 10 days, he goes to the Bidosa. Let's talk about this. You heard what happened. Our word, our understanding was rejected. Rabban Gamliel accepted these witnesses and established Rosh Chodesh earlier. Amar lo, imba'in anu laduna harbetino shel Rabban Gamliel, says Rabbi Dosa, you should know, friend, Rabbi Yoshua, if we are going to question, if we're going to be done, we're going to, maybe, we're going to judge after, in other words, separate from the words of Rabban Gamliel, who is the authority of the high court over here, we would therefore be questioning and judging after and determining against any Beit Din that has been in existence, in existence for time immemorial. From the days of Moshe until today, we see a chain of Bateh Dinim, and each of them exert the same authority as the previous and next one. And as a result, and he'll make a derasha about this in a moment, if we're going to quench, question Aban Gamliel, effectively we're questioning the system, which means we're questioning all the way up to Moshe, and everything that followed, and everything that will come after after all the pasuk, which hints to us that the authority of the betin, that the authority of the establishment for all intents and purposes is one which is solid and continuous, it's a pasuk, ironically, right before we get the Torah. Right before we get the Torah, Kadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe about situating people on the mountain. And the mountain, of course, Har Sinai. Now, this is not as we receive the Torah, but it's before we receive the Torah. And the pasuk says, Vaya al Moshe ve'aharon, nada ve'avihu, ve'shiv'im mizikne Yisrael. We have a lot of names. Moshe, Aharon, Nadav, Abihu, and so forth. Then you have 70 zekenim. En zaken ela mishekana chokmah, says the Gemara Masechet Kiddushin. And the 70, not only elders, but scholars, wise ones. Why didn't you tell me the names of those 70 wise ones? At any point in the Torah, not only over here, throughout the Torah, you have 70 zekenim without ever mentioning their names, aside for two problematic ones, Ildadu Medad. But we never know the names of these 70 zekenim. Why not? Why is it, second wide line here in the Gemara and Daf why is it that the names of the Zikinim was never explicated, it was never explicit? What was it? What were their names? It was purposeful by the Torah. The, the, the reason the Torah does, now you might say, it's, you know, it doesn't make sense. The Torah is going to go through the 70 names. For what reason? I have news for you, open up to Sefer Bimidvar, and notice how many names, quote unquote, unnecessarily are mentioned. We know the name of every Nasi, we know the names of each of the Meragelim, we know the names of many of the Bateav, we know, we know so many names, which in the scheme of the things, yes, we should look into their names and make the Rashwad and understand further. In the simple reading of the text, we can't really figure out always why these names are being mentioned at such great length with such detail. We have it at the end of Bereshit, Parashat Bereshit, all the names of all the generations, the children of the Isav, the Malchedo, and so forth. You have names all the time. All of a sudden, the Shivim Zekinim, perhaps the most significant elders, scholars, leaders of Am Yisrael, their names are not mentioned. 
There's good reason, says the Mishnah. It was purposeful to tell you that the Shiv'im Zekenim is an entity. It's an entity that cannot and should not be questioned in terms of their authority. And as a result, the Shiv'im Zekenim that follow, it might be a Betin of three, it might be a Betin of 70, and any and every generation will have the same authority. It's a way of establishing, well, the establishment. It's stating this is the governing body in terms of the halacha. I'm not going to mention their names. It'll make it appear as if it's these guys as opposed to others. It's not so. And as a result, Bidosa calms down to Yehoshua and says to him, listen, got to understand we accept the establishment. The Torah tells us there's an authority to it. And that's what will stand. Rabban Gamliel's word then is standing. Natal maklo ma'otav biado. Indeed, Rabbi Yehoshua follows suit. He listens to what he's supposed to do. He takes his staff takes his money in his hand, and he goes to Yavne, where Rabban Gamliel's Betin is situated, on the day on which it's the 11th for Rabban Gamliel in Am Yisrael, and in Yoshua's eyes, it's the 10th, it's Yom Kippur. I remember the kids in, in school once did a, a skit about this, and they made him very slow and old walking. If that's the way it was, if Rabbi Yoshua was in fact slow and old at this point, there's real misirut nefesh to it as well. I don't know, maybe he was on a donga, whatever it is, but I'm the, the, I, I can't get that image out of my mind unless he's pushing himself forward, holding his money out in his hand. But Rabbi Yoshua really swallows his pride over here. He swallows his, his halachic pride, and he says, this is the way the system works, and I'm going to bow to it. Amad Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, upon receiving Rabbi Yoshua, stands up, uneshako al rosho, and he kisses Rabbi Yoshua on his head. Amar lo bo b'shalom, Rabbi the Talmidi, you should come in peace, both my rabbi, my mentor, and my student. How so? Rabbi b'chokhmah, you're greater than me in chokhmah, the Talmidi, but you act as if you're my student, shekibalta devarai, that you accepted my words on this matter. Rabbi Yehoshua comes out the one standing most straight in the, in the scheme of things. Rabban Gamliel, as I mentioned, is criticized later on. Rabbi Yehoshua, whose words were strong, but whose actions were stronger than his words, comes out shining. That's a great question. I mean, what would he accomplish? You're saying he only gets mixat karet if he does something? In other words, if... if but then, then he's not acting it. In other words, then he's self-contradictory. So personally, no. I understand. But if he's fasting and carrying, he's contradicting himself. So, you know, what you could argue is something, Jeffrey and Nathan, something along the lines of for his personal feelings. And I've heard this and I've experienced it and I know, that, I know the idea. It just doesn't feel right to me. I understand. I always get stuck in these situations when a person discusses that. So I say, but you're contradicting yourself. In this type of situation, I don't understand. If you're accepting that the halakha must be that you're carrying, and as a result, it's not Yom Kippur, so then what are you fasting for? You're self-defeating yourself. So personally, no, I don't believe he was fasting. Is it possible that, you know, he just couldn't do otherwise? It's possible, you know, it... it I don't know. It just borders on extremism to me. It borders on the circumstances where people tell me that the doctor said I have to eat on Kippur, but I'm going to try to fast. It's against halacha. I tell all the time. I say, you're going against halacha. No, I just don't feel comfortable with it. You don't feel comfortable with halacha. If you're going to fast, even though the doctor told you you're not allowed to fast, you are defying halacha over here. There was one time it wasn't Kippur. There was some fast, you know, that I, we were living in Israel, and I don't remember. I was, it was very hot outside, and I 
stupidly walked back from yeshiva in the middle of the day and was sweating, whatever, and I had to eat. And my wife said, you're really going to eat? I said, are you kidding me? I can't. I'm going to faint. I won't be able to do anything the rest of the day. She said, but you're not uncomfortable. I said, I don't know. It's either that I'm so childish in my understanding of halakha or I'm so, whatever, I understand the halakha. I have to eat over here. There's nothing I can do about it. I drank, I ate, I didn't, you know, I didn't get festive, but I did what I needed to do. It's mitzvah to eat the day. Well, yeah, okay, we learned about that mitzvah earlier. We learned about mitzvah on daftet, the eating before Kippur, in order to prepare for the day. All right, but now I'm on the day. I'm on the day, and it's no longer Kippur, quote-unquote, and I was referring to be Yeshua. Yeah, yes, Rabbi. Oh, no, oh, so that's, so that's a question, an interesting question. <laughs> Did Rabbi Yoshua, no, sorry, Rabbi Yoshua, so he had, to, he had to violate one of them. Oh, is that what he's saying? Had to violate one of them. If there's a mitzvah to eat the day before, and he's fasting the day before, right. Okay, so again, I think he was fasting the day before, and he's not practicing Kippur on this day. Yes, Rabbi? So again, the Gemara and Masechet Berachot suggests that he did. When the Gemara says he's removed over a dispute, and ultimately speak, when the Gemara is, is searching for why, it says there were two things that did him in that the rabbis did not see did, did not see favorably, and this is one of them. It says Maaseh der Bihoshua. The words of the Gemara. This is it. Yeah. All right. It says the Gemara Tanya Abiraita Malahem Rabban Gamliel Hachamim. This is uh, with regards to the first story. If you recall, the first story was in the Mishnah. The witnesses come and they say we saw the moon in the east in the morning. Morning, and then the evening of the 29th, we saw it in the west. And uh, immediately, Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri said, But Rabban Gamliel accepts and says, Rabban Gamliel to the Hachamim, This is my tradition from my grandfather. Rabban Gamliel's father was Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. And then his father, in turn, of course, was Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel Hazakin, we refer to him. So here's the third generation. He says, this is my tradition from my jiddo, from my grandfather, Rabban Gamliel Hazakin. Pa'amim sheba ba'aruka, pa'amim sheba bekisra. Sometimes, it's hard to translate these words in the Gemara. There's a dispute between Rashi and Tosafot with regards to the specifics, but we'll try to explain them in the most basic fashion. Sometimes the moon will come in a faster, quicker, swifter fashion, and sometimes it'll take longer with regards to the way we perceive it. And it'll depend on the season of the year, depend on the hours during the day, in terms of, quote, how many hours there are during daylight hours. And therefore, although, let's put it in these words, the easiest way perhaps to accept it, although the Gemara told us on Dafkaf, generally speaking, the 24 hours prior to the establishment of the new month, you won't see the moon. Those 24 hours are a little bit flexible based on what time of the year it is, what month of the year it is. If it's a summer month, it'll be uh, easier to see the moon in the morning and then again in the evening. That's the argument. Again, keeping this as basic as possible on this matter. Amar Yohanan says to Yohanan, What's the rationale of Be'ribi? Be'ribi, the Midrash of Ribi, he's referring to Rabban Gamliel, refers to it as Be'ribi, of, of the rabbi. Rabbi Yohanan was a student of Rabbi Hudah Nasi, which is afterwards, he's a very young student of his. Anyway, he's referring all the way up to Rabban Gamliel, all the way up. What's the reasoning? Can I find a semich? Can I find something in the Pasuk, which is perhaps a reference or a remez to this dikhtiv? Says the Pasuk in Tehillim says, Asayarech la Mu'adim, Shemesh Yada' Mevo'o. The Pasuk says that Akadosh Baruch Hu crafts or makes the moon, 
And then it says, the Shemesh, the sun, knows its coming, knows its ways. Well, that's interesting. Does the moon not know? And of course, the Peshat in the Pasuk is just a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we're reading it in the Gemara as the moon doesn't necessarily know its way. The sun does know its way. You understand the, the reference. The reference is the sun is predictable. The moon, sometimes a little bit faster, sometimes a little bit slower. As a result, Shemesh Hu Diyadat Mevo'o, Yareach, Lo Yadat Mevo'o. Whereas the sun, easy to predict, quote unquote, it knows its way. It doesn't get lost in the sky. We know when it's coming up, when it's going down. The moon dependent upon the season, will have funny ways. And as a result, says Rabban Gamliel there in our Mishnah, in that Ma'aseh Shehaya, I can accept the witnesses who apparently saw the moon in the morning in one place, and then again in the evening in another place, they're kosher witnesses. Says the Gemara, another story, brief one, Bihya Hazya Lesihara Dahavaka'eh Bisafra De'isrim Vetish'ah. Bihya, in a strange occurrence, seems to see the moon, Sihara is moon in Aramaic, it's just the way it is, they have a ka'e, ka'e means standing, so it's situated in the, in the sky, bisafra, safra refers to the morning, so Bihya sees the moon in the sky, not so crazy yet, but it's on the morning of Isrim v'tish'ah, now that's strange, generally speaking, we won't see the moon on the 29th in the morning. Again, that's a similar occurrence to what we saw in the Mishnah. Now, furthermore, this story will become clear, Rashi already fills us in on, on this detail, is taking place at the end of Elu. Furthermore, the month of Tishrei is one of these circumstances where if the month of Elul is a Hodesh excuse me, if the month of Elul is misaligned, we're going to have Shabbat immediately followed by Kippur, or Kippur immediately followed by Shabbat, which we never want to do, as we discussed in the Gemara in the past. So Rabban Gamliel is getting nervous. He says, I want tonight to be the establishment of the new month. But if I see the moon here in the morning, that's going to cause problems. As we've stated, you have that, that's the point. You need the 24-hour break. If I see the moon now, clearly tonight will not be, quote, the new moon. But I need tonight to be the new moon. I need day 30 to be my Rosh Chodesh. If day 30 is not Rosh Chodesh, I'm in trouble because now I'm going to have Kippur and Shabbat right next to each other. So he's exasperated. Oh gosh, this is what he does. Shakal kala patakbe. Kala, Rashi translates as a clump of mud. Rabbeinu Hananel says avna, which means a stone. So he picks something up, either mud or a stone. Sometimes they look and appear the same. Patakbe, and he throws it at the moon. No, we're not giving him superhuman abilities. He's just exasperated. It doesn't hit the moon. He's just, he's, he's annoyed. He throws it at the moon. Amar le'orta ba'inan le'kadushebach ve'at kayemet it says, in the evening, orta, it's a euphemism, it's Lashon Tzagina, we call the night time, the light time in Aramaic. In the evening, we need to be Mekadeshu, we need to make day 30 Rosh Chodesh, because we need to fix up our month of Tishrei. Ve'at kayemet hacha, and you're situated there, here, now, hacha means here. Zilichsi, go and cover yourself, you know, it's... Stop exposing yourself, Moon. Rabbi then turns to Rabbi Hiya and says to him, we could pull this off. Go to a place called Entab, which of course translated means good eye, um, and do Kiddusha Hodesh there. One second, why are you going to Entab? Can we be Mikadesh at a Hodesh here? 
So Rashi interprets the Gemara as follows. Rashi says that what happened over here is if we're going to be Mekadesh the Chodesh again at night, on the night of the 29th, going into the 30th, on day 30, we're going to establish it as the new month. If we do it where we're situated right now, everybody's going to laugh at us. Says Rashi, They all saw the moon the same way you saw the moon in Rabbi And we're, and I'm sorry, Judah, I know you didn't like this one in the past, but we're sketching it. We're going to sketch it. We're going to say that we saw the new moon later on and we're going to ignore the fact that we saw it earlier. So go to a place. What's that? It means sometimes we're going to threaten witnesses to testify about the new moon even when it wasn't the new moon so that we can fix up the month of Tishrei. Keep in mind as well. It's not. Why would we do that? We don't want Kippur and Shabbat next to each other. Hang on. We know, and we know that 29 and a half and a little bit... Uh, of time is always when the new moon arrives. So it's not a lie per se if the 30th or 31 is Rosh Chodesh. Yes. You missed it. No, 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 no. This is like two, three weeks ago. Two, three weeks ago, and Judah killed me for it for good reason. Judah killed me for it for good reason. I told the Ma'aseh with the Benish High and so forth in that context. But that's what's taking place. No, no, it's, it's, it's something to be bothered by. And, and what's that? White lie, we're being, that's right, it's a white lie, because ultimately speaking, it is true. There was mahlokit in the Gemara, sometimes either you did see it, or specifically when you didn't see it. We were uncertain in the Gemara over here, it might be seen that night, but we're uncertain, is that the new moon or the old moon? Do you understand? He saw it in the morning. That's a problem that he saw it in the morning. You're not supposed to see the new moon in the morning. Scientifically, you're not supposed to. Right, it's going to come 20... There was mahlokir in the Gemara about the circumstance. Remember, there was both extremes. We were uncertain exactly when and how. Uh, depend, okay, he's going to go to Antab. He's not going to do it himself anyway. He's going to be me'ayim al-ha'idim. He's going to be threatening them, Rabbi Hiyya. So Rabbi turns to Rabbi Hiyya and he says, go do that. Why is he going to Antab, says Rashi? Because it'll look wrong in our environs right here. Says Tosafot, that's not the reason why. Says Tosafot, Antab, the good eye place. That's where they used to be, Mekadesh Tachodesh. He quotes from a Midrash, so a Pesikta. Pesikta says explicitly, Antab was the place during this time period where they had the Betin situated. Okay, either way you slice it, says Rabbi Hiyya. Go there and establish it as the new month. And then send word to me through a sign that it's the new month. In other words, send back. I know you're going to be an Antab. I want to tell everyone over here when it's Rosh Hashanah. Keep in mind, we got to know when Rosh Hashanah is. Here's the Siman. Send back to me. David Melech Israel. Hai Vekayam. Send back to me that David, the king of Israel, is alive. And, 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 and standing. Uh, why David Melch said, What does that have to do with anything? Why couldn't he send back in a direct fashion? It's Rosh Chodesh. Today is Rosh Hashanah. First and foremost, what does, what does it solve the issue of making Rosh Chodesh on the early day? How does it do that? Go, the, he's going to go and establish it on the earlier day. In Antab. The question is why in Antab? One of two reasons. Well, that's what it's all. If I now pushed up the day of Rosh Hashanah, I now had the problem later on, Yom Kippur and Shabbat were right next to each other and they're no longer next to each other. 
That's right. They want the next day, day 30, to be Rosh Chodesh, as opposed to day 31. In Antap. So would it make a difference that they were in the original place? According to Rashi, the Betin could have, there was no established one, Bihiya could have done it where he was, or did a pop-up one in Antap. According to Tosafot, that's right, it was just happened to have been, that's where it was. David Melech Yisrael says, Rashi, why David Melech Yisrael? Why is that the sign? Why is that the code? Why is that the SOS that's being sent back? Nimshal Kalevana, David is... Uh, is, is likened to the moon. He cites a pasuk from Tehilim. Olam. A description of the, 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 the throne of David being eternal. The way oftentimes this is explained, uh, what, why, keep in mind when we do Berkat HaLevana, David for this reason, right? Why David HaMelech, why Malchut is like the Levana? The most basic reason that's oftentimes given is the moon appears to be waxing and waning. It gains strength and then it loses it and then it comes back. You might be missing Malchut Yisrael. You might not have your monarchy at the current moment. Our jurisdiction, our strength might be diminished. You should know we're like the moon. We're not going away anytime soon. We're just going to reappear at a later point. Alternatively, along the same lines, but an added depth, the moon is the most perfect, ultimately speaking, perhaps it's sinned initially according to the Midrash, but ultimately speaking, it's the greatest servant you can have, right? It reflects the sun of, the, the light of the sun in a perfect fashion. The sun beats off of the moon and the moon reflects it down. Could we be better servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu than the moon? Could we not just reflect the aura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu of Kedushat to the world? Why does he need to do it through a sign? It might just be a beautiful way of doing it. Alternatively, the suggestion of others is that it needed to be a sign because it was dangerous. Why was it dangerous? Because there were times of Gezerat Malchut when you weren't allowed to establish the new moon. Why would you not be allowed to establish the new moon? For one of several reasons. Either we were nervous about the Baitusim and Sidukim who were giving us trouble and we needed to do it through signs like that. Or alternatively, similar to the time of the Yivanim, maybe during the Roman time period as well, there were junctures during which we weren't allowed to be Mekadesh al-Hodesh. I'll remind you again, aside from the Dinashah and Shabbat, I'll remind you again, establishing the new moon gives us real authority. If the against, quote, what seems to be reality, are allowed to determine the new moon, uh, that's a big deal. I'm going to give the Jews the authority to establish their month? I don't know about that. If you remove that capability, you're, you're seizing a lot of control, so perhaps that's why it needed to be bisiman. All before. This is this is before no I mean yeah it's it's before the establishment of a of a of a calendar that's always going to be followed but Elul we saw you know it didn't change yes and then the Gemara this is the third time where we're finding a circumstance where it appears that it wasn't exactly as ironclad as it as it, as it appeared again they were nervous about these circumstances they would shift it they would they would they would tweak it to make certain which again will no longer be a problem based on our established calendar. Um, to make certain that Yom Kippur and Shabbat did not come out in tandem one after the other. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Amen.